This is Rodney from the Masculine Journey Podcast, where we explore manhood within Jesus Christ. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Sit back, enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The spiritual condition of America, politics, culture, and current events, analyzed through the lens of scripture. Welcome to the Alex McFarland Show. In Psalm 138, verse 2, the Bible says this about God, God's word, and God's name. It says, my word have I exalted above all my name. Hi, Alex McFarland. On this program, we're going to talk about the authority of Scripture, the Bible, and we're also going to have a little girl named Jetta recite from memory all the books of the Bible. It will inspire your heart. It's going to be great. But let's talk about the Bible. Think about this. The Word of God, the person of God, and the believer the child of God, Psalm 138, verse 2, God says about the authority of Scripture, my word have I exalted above my name. Well, as I record this, the United Methodist Church is having a battle within itself about the authority of Scripture as it relates to human sexuality and gender. Now, for those that have followed over the last few decades, the mainline Protestant churches in America have been in a state of decline numerically, but really in a state of apostasy spiritually. I grew up in the Presbyterian Church USA, the PCUSA, which decades ago declared war on the Word of God, and they became, regarding salvation, universalist. You don't have to be born again through faith in Jesus. You can believe just anything. The PCUSA and others, Methodist too, uh, have decided that Islam is the same as Christianity. In fact, about a decade ago, I was on Fox News with a United Methodist pastor from Cordova, Tennessee, and uh, he basically was reprimanding me because I said that Muslims and Christians worship a different God, which, by the way, is true. Muslims and Christians do worship two very different gods. One is non-existent, Allah, and the other is the man who said, apart from me, there is no salvation, the risen Lord Jesus Christ. So you've got to understand that American Protestantism for decades has basically uh, been at a crossroads where they have to decide will they or will they not follow the Word of God. And Psalm 138 verse 2, I began with that verse because it's key to understand that if you're going to acknowledge the person of God, the name of God, you must do what He says about His Word. There is a connection between the person of God and the Word of God. And again, regarding the Bible, we can't just cafeteria-style cherry-pick what we will accept and what we will reject. If you're going to be a child of God and believe the Son of God, you must accept in its totality the Word of God. Now, I bring this up because the United Methodist Church in America, some would say proudly, and I would say to their disgrace, 
uh, recently chose as their bishop a lesbian. Well, she, this week in the news, talked about celebrating the uh, gay, transgender uh, people groups and the LGBTQ trans agendas. And when asked about, you know, how do you reconcile the fact that the, the progressive leftist movement to elevate LGBTQ trans, uh, how do you square that with the word of God that says people are made male and female, marriage is between a man and a woman, uh, if you want to go to heaven, you must repent. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, one of the people groups that are not inheriting the kingdom of heaven are unrepentant homosexuals. And so this lesbian bishop with the United Methodist Church says, well, the Holy Spirit has run ahead of the culture, and maybe we, the culture, and you can tell she was insinuating, including those backward people that still believe the Bible, maybe we will catch up with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit has run ahead of us, and the Holy Spirit of God is now affirming that which we thought Scripture would condemn. Folks, this is demonic. This is of Satan to so mislead and confuse people and also to steer people away from the Word of God. And let me say this. Look, the Bible is clear that Jesus is the only Savior. The Bible is clear that people must repent turn from sin, put their faith in Christ, obey the Lord, and be saved. And regarding Scripture, now, this is one of the areas of biblical apologetics on which we have taught for 30 years. Believe me, whether it's history, archaeology, the manuscripts, not only uh, the textual credibility of the Bible, but hermeneutics, how you accurately parse out Scripture and understand the Bible. There's the, the preservation of the content. Then there's the accurate handling of the content. Believe me, this has been our stock and trade for three decades. We know the Bible and its preservation and its handling. Now, that being said, folks, believe me, when Jesus said in John 10, 35, the scripture cannot be broken. When Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass away, my words will never pass away. Clearly, the Bible affirms itself as the word of God. Either you accept the Bible or you don't. And if you reject the Bible, you're rejecting the God who gave the Bible. Back to Psalm 138, verse 2, God says, my word have I exalted above my name? And to the United Methodist Lesbian Bishop, the PCUSA, or whomever, if you reject the Word of God, you are rejecting the God of the Word. So I would say to the world, be very careful. Think carefully about the choice you're making. And what is so sad is that merely to placate an agenda uh, sexual deviancy, the, the insistence and the demand on the part of people that not only are deviant in their behavior, they're clueless as to their own biology, to say, look, we will risk our own soul, we will mislead 
millions of others jeopardizing their own souls. We insist, we demand that our sexual behaviors be endorsed. And when our fetishes conflict with the word of God, the one that must be kicked aside out of the way is scripture itself. Dangerous, dangerous ground. And I call on churches everywhere, denominations, churches, pastors, leaders, and all thinking people and anyone who has within their heart the fear of God. We must stand for what scripture says, not the spirit and the whim of the times. Now we're going to come back We're going to talk a little bit more about Scripture, and then we're going to hear something that I think is very inspiring, a little girl's devotion to Scripture. Fox News and CNN call Alex McFarland a religion and culture expert. Stay tuned for more of his teaching and commentary after this. Christian author and speaker Alex McFarland is an advocate for Christian apologetics. Teaching in more than 2,200 churches around the world, schools, and college campuses, Alex is driven by a desire to help people grow in relationship with God. He arms his audiences with the tools they need to defend their faith, while also empowering the unchurched to find out the truth for themselves. In the midst of a culture obsessed with relativism, Alex is a sound voice who speaks timeless truths of Christianity in a timely way. With 18 published books to his name, it's no surprise that CNN, Fox, The Wall Street Journal, and other media outlets have described Alex as a religion and culture expert. To learn more about Alex and to book him as a speaker at your next event, visit alexmcfarland.com or you can contact us directly by emailing booking at alexmcfarland.com. He's been called trusted, truthful, and timely. Welcome back to The Alex McFarland Show. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here, and we're talking about the authority of Scripture, lamenting the uh, deviation of Scripture, the abandonment of Scripture, in fact, the rejection of the revealed Word of God on the part of so many American denominations and churches. You know, by the way, years ago, I was in graduate school at Liberty University, and uh, my wife and I had a, a Chrysler car, and I would take it down to the Chrysler dealership to be worked on, and it in downtown Lynchburg, Virginia, was a historic old dealership. It had been there many years, and uh, the, the man that ran it, surely he must be passed away by now, but his name was uh, Mr. Adams. And um, he was telling me, I was sitting in the waiting room a time or two while my car was getting the oil changed, and he was telling me about surviving the Depression and selling cars, you know, over the decades, the recession of the 70s. And he was telling me about a time when there was, uh, it was so hard, and one of his salesmen was bragging that he'd bought a new car. He said this was a guy that had been a salesman for a long time. He'd paid him well over the years. And uh, he asked and he thought, well, I don't recall him buying a a new car from us or somebody else. And he said that the guy was parking it around the corner, you know, hiding and then sort of slinking into work every day under the radar. And he, he saw that at the Dodge Chrysler Plymouth dealership, his high paid salesman had bought a brand new Buick. 
And I asked Mr. Adams, I said, how did that make you feel? He said, well, was the guy, you know, bending over backwards to keep the dealership open, and it was a time of economic downturn, he said, I was, I was very disappointed that one of my highest paid salesmen, who I had advocated for and gone to bat for, it's time to buy a new vehicle, and he goes out to buy a Buick. And I said, what'd you do? He said, I fired him. I told him, you don't, you don't make your living from the Dodge Chrysler Plymouth dealer and go buy a Buick. Well, my point in sharing that is I'm reminded of the quote by C.S. Lewis, who said that he stood against the clergy. C.S. Lewis said he, he was against the clergy who, quote, undermine and deny the very doctrines they're paid to uphold. So to the liberal pastors and the denominational leaders that you get your paycheck from the Bible, Christianity, the, the work of the gospel, and then you take a stand politically. Jesus is not the only Savior, you say. Uh, scripture is wrong on gender and sexuality, you say. Well, if you so reject the content of the book, and remember Psalm 138 verse 2 says you're also therein rejecting the author who gave the book, then why would you get your paycheck from the, this big machine called the church? Here's the thing that is just so pathetically embarrassing, is that the very same people that will take their income from Christians and the church, they reject the Bible on which Christianity is based. <laughs> hey, how do you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, liberal lesbian bishop of the Methodist church? How, how could you dare in good conscience cash that paycheck that was provided by parishioners who do believe the Bible. And people often ask me, and I've been interviewed in many places, and they'll say, do you really believe the Bible? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. This is why I'm doing what I do. Jeremiah 20, verse 9, speaking of the Bible and the content of the message, says, his word was in my heart like a burning fire. You, you can believe. I mean, there are innumerable ways in life to make a living. If I didn't believe that Jesus is the one and only Savior, if I didn't believe that the Bible is, in fact, as the great leaders of history, not only them but Christ himself said the Bible is the infallible, inerrant, eternal Word of God, if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't ask you to support it, friends. Look, if we want to know the Son of God, we've got to believe the Word of God. And by what measurement how do you consistently say, well, I accept Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, love your neighbor, blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, I'll, I'll accept that. But then you reject John 8, 24, where Jesus said, if you do not believe that he is God incarnate, you'll die in, the, in your sins. Look, folks, we've got to trust that God knows who he is. And God has revealed himself to the human race. It's why, it's, it's why Scripture is called revelation, the written revelation of God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the eternal triune God, one God. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. There's one nature of God. John three sixteen, where it says in the, in the English translation that God sent his only begotten Son. What that means is... Jesus, the Son, is of the same essence or nature as the Father, monogenesis. Jesus 
is the same essence, substance, nature of the Father. So Jesus is God. Look, folks, we must accept that God knows who he is. We must accept of any voice that God knows what it takes to get you to heaven. And God says you must be born again. Luke 13, 3, God says, if you do not repent from sin, you will perish. Billy Graham once said, God has come to save you from sin. The thing with the LGBTQ trans crowd, they want to be saved in sin. And and let me just say this. There's a reason people have sexual desire, because God made us as human beings. And there is a context that God has given whereby sexual expression is legitimate. It's called marriage, and marriage, by definition, is between a man and a woman. We're not free to engage in sexual activity outside marriage. We're not free to redefine what marriage is. And it's just a tragedy of tragedies. Satan must be in the shadows laughing deliriously that people would be willing to go to hell for eternity merely so they could pursue sexual deviancy in this short life. I mean, really, folks? I mean, you're willing to suffer eternally apart from God for temporary pleasure, prurient behavior in this life. What a sad thing. That's why Jesus would say, why would a man forfeit his soul for this world? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, apparently, many will give some pathetic crumbs of this world for the loss of their eternal soul. Now, when we come back, we're going to continue talking about the authority of Scripture. Remember Psalm 138, verse 2. God says, My word have I exalted above my name. We're back after this. Fox News and CNN call Alex McFarland a religion and culture expert. Stay tuned for more of his teaching and commentary after this. Picture a stormy sea. The waves are rolling viciously and the sky is darker than night. The crack of thunder can be heard over the roaring wind. A tiny ship is thrown wildly up and down as it rides the waves. The crew is just about to lose hope when someone spots a sudden flash in the distance. A lighthouse. Lighthouse for the Lost, an article by Parker May. To read this article, visit EngageMagazine.net. Do you have a desire to deepen your faith, better understand Christian apologetics, or to get a biblical perspective on current events? Well, I've tried to make it simple for you to do just that. On my website, alexmcfarland.com, there's a new section called Ask Alex Online. It's simple, it's clean, and you can read my answers to common questions about God, faith, and the Bible. So visit the website, alexmcfarland.com, and look for the section that says Ask Alex Online. Are you tired of liberal agendas ruining our country, but you don't know what to do about it? That's why Truth and Liberty Coalition was founded. We want to equip you to take back our country and impact the world. As Christians, we are called to make disciples of nations. Together, we can change the course of our country for good. Join Truth and Liberty to connect with believers and organizations who not only want to see a change in our nation, but a community that is actually doing something about it. Thank you. 
He's been called trusted, truthful, and timely. Welcome back to The Alex McFarland Show. The Bible was written by God through men. Hi, Alex McFarland here. I want to encourage everybody to go to our newly updated website, alexmcfarland.com. My travel schedule is on there. Then another website that I would direct you to, viraltruth.com. We're helping young people organize clubs where they can reach their friends with the gospel. And not only that, the message of our free nation. So please pray. Please stand strong. Please point others to Christ. And any way we can help you, uh, please reach out to us. But listen, I want to bring up I'm on the road as we record this. I'm in Arkansas. Met a wonderful family, uh, Jared, Jacqueline, and they've got a wonderful little girl named Jetta. And you're going to listen to this conversation. It's amazing how a little child has such loyalty to the Word of God that she memorized all 66 books. You're going to hear the conversation of Jetta reciting the books of the Bible, and her mom, Jacqueline, talking about the importance of teaching kids the Scripture. Uh, Listen to this, and then I'll give a final thought about how we really should care about the Word of God in this age, a time when so many apparently do not. Here we go to Arkansas. Well, welcome back. You know, one of the blessings of being on the road traveling, I meet so many wonderful people. And right now, as, as I record this, I'm in Arkansas, and I've, I've learned some amazing things about Arkansas. I'm here with Jacqueline and her daughter, Jetta, and we've just had a good time. We're, we're seeing the Lord work, aren't we, Jacqueline? We sure are. Now, what do you and your family do here in Stuttgart, Arkansas? My husband does grain merchandising, and I own my own cleaning business in this community. Um, You know, we've been having some services and presenting the Word of God. Honestly, I'm seeing the Holy Spirit move in a very powerful way. I mean, um, young people, older people, black, white. God is really moving here, isn't he? He sure is. Um, so, So let me ask you this, because one of the treasures in your life is your daughter. And she just is amazing to see God in her life. Um, How important is it across America for parents to raise their kids in the ways of God, Jacqueline? It's the most important thing, I believe, as a family, because this is the next generation. We have to make sure that they are rooted in Christ and they have a firm foundation. And in order for them to have a firm foundation, they have to have it with their family. And that starts with mom and dad. And so if their mom and dad have that love for Jesus, so will they. I believe it. Uh, Jacqueline, if you had a word of encouragement for Christian mothers and dads across America, what would your prayer be for the moms and dads of America? I would say definitely don't give up. And the verse um, that goes out that he has plans for us, declares the Lord, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. And so that is what I have for you. Do not give up that God has plans for you. Well, Jetta, it's good to meet you, sister. How you doing? Good. Who you got with you there? You got this raccoon that I met yesterday. Sloth. Oh, is it a sloth? Okay, cool. And does the sloth have a name? Mr. Cuddles. 
Mr. Cuddles, it's a beautiful stuffed animal. Jetta, I just want to say thank you because last night you blessed my heart. You did something. I'm going to ask you to do it. I was so excited. I called my wife and uh, Angie, she always says like, how's things going? I said, it's going great. I met a young lady named Jetta and I'm going to ask you to do for us on the radio what you did last night. You've memorized the books of the Bible, haven't you? Was it hard to memorize that great long list? Kind of, kind of. Yeah. So um, I I was very impressed. Would you do that for us now? Now, um, as I remember, there's 66 books in the Bible, and there's Old Testament, New Testament, and you know all of them. You want to share that list with us? So if somebody asks you, Jetta, what books are in the Bible, what would you say? What are the books in the Bible? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Samuel's, First and Kings, First and Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and Job, Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song, Salmon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Limitations, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Hosea, Joel and Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nehemiah, Sephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians. Now it's First Timothy and Second Timothy, Titus and Philemon, Hebrews, James. Now it's First Peter and then Second Peter, First John, Second John, Third John, Jude, Revelations. Wow, that is awesome. That is perfect. Oh my goodness, I'm so impressed, Jetta. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Hey, I want to say, Mom, good job. (laughs) Thank you. It's all God. I'm just going to say, it is all Jesus. Jetta, how old are you, sister? Nine years old. Nine years old. If you had a prayer that you would ask God to do in all the nine-year-olds, because you've got a lot of peers, there's nine years old, kids all over America. What, what would be your prayer for, for all the children of this country? Um, for people to learn about God um, and um, for them to learn about Jesus and have love in their heart and Holy Spirit. That is wonderful. I'm going to let y'all go, but I just want to say with all my heart, thank you. And I know radio listeners everywhere have been deeply, deeply motivated by you. So with all my heart, may the Lord bless you. And I say thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Well, I find that inspiring that a little child would know all 66 books of the Bible. And so it's great to memorize the books, but... uh, Here's the question. Are we reading the books? Are we studying the books? You know, in John 5, 39, Jesus said, search the scriptures for they testify of me. And back to the verse I began with, Psalm 138, verse 2. For those that say, well, you know, the Bible is no longer valid or relevant, or the Holy Spirit is leading us in a new way. Listen, folks, God will never direct you to do something contrary to the scripture. If you think you're being led uh, by God and that way that you're feeling drawn to is contrary to the scripture, it's not of God. God will never contradict his word. 1 Corinthians 2.13, Paul wrote, quote, This is what we speak, 
not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit of God. See, we speak of the inspiration of Scripture. We speak of the preservation of Scripture. The Bible really is the Word of God, folks. The Bible is really true. That's why we do what we do. And I and Angie, our board, our staff, we will do what we do until we leave this world and see the Lord. What's more, the content and revelation of God is real and relevant for every person's life. Just as you can depend on Jesus Christ, you can depend on his word. If you reject the word, you're rejecting the God who gave the word. So please, my prayer for you, my prayer for the Methodists, the Presbyterians, the Episcopals, the Catholics, the Baptists, please believe the word of God, because in doing so, you're going to be believing the God who gave the human race his word. Alex McFarland Ministries are made possible through the prayers and financial support of partners like you. For over 20 years, this ministry has been bringing individuals into a personal relationship with Christ and has been equipping people to stand strong for truth. Learn more and donate securely online at alexmcfarland.com. You may also reach us at Alex McFarland, P.O. Box 10231, Greensboro, North Carolina, 27404, or by calling 1-877-YES-GOD and the number 1. That's 1-877-YES-GOD-1. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again on the next edition of The Alex McFarland Show. This is The Truth Network.